This is episode 80 of the Rising Man podcast with the Sacred Sons. All life is sacred. Blessings, Rising Man fam, and a very warm welcome back to the Rising Man podcast. If you don't know by now, I am your host and the creator of the show, Jetty Azuma. And boy, oh boy, do we have a hot one for you today. Before we dive in, you might have heard about our newest event, Call the Warrior. It's a one-day immersive experience with over 100 men. We're going to ignite our masculine power through the ceremonial war dance of the Maori people, the Haka. Mark your calendars for Saturday, September 7th in Los Angeles. Register now at rise.jediazuma.com slash warrior. Trust me, you will not want to miss this event. All right, my guests for today. That's right, I said guests for the first time ever. We have three guests on our show for today. The Sacred Sons are a tribe of men co-stewarding the return of the father archetype to this planet through men's gatherings, circles, and trainings. Co-founded by the triad of Adam Jackson, Aubert Bastiat, and Jason McKenzie, or as I like to call them, the three-headed dragon, the sons have assembled to fight on the front lines of the resurgence of masculinity. Brothers, fathers, husbands, uncles, the sacred sons are composed of men, healing wounds and traumas in order to unleash the sacred powers of service and protection that only the devoted masculine can provide. Simply put, these men are on a mission to support other men and each other becoming their greatest and highest selves. On this episode, we spoke about brotherhood. What is the meaning of the word brother? What connotation has it taken on in our language? And what do real brothers look like? Those real brothers. What do they look like? We talked about the origin story of Sacred Sons and how these three fine gentlemen found each other and identified a common vision and how they've been working towards that ever since. We spoke about the waves of relationship, including those we have with other men, how we can keep navigating disagreement and discord with simple masculine communication, even if that includes wrestling sometimes. <laughs> we answered one of my favorite questions, what does it mean to father men? And lastly, speaking about the importance of uniting our efforts as men on the front lines of a new emerging masculine culture so that we create a new norm for the men on the horizon. This was an incredible episode, but I'll let y'all hear what these fine men have to say without further ado, Sacred Sons. Rising Man Family. I got a really, really special episode today because I've got not one, not two, but three powerful brothers here with me today. The three-headed dragon that is Sacred Sons joining me here on the podcast. How you fellas doing? Sacred Sons, what up? Yeah. And for you guys who can't see, we've got my man, Aubert. Is it Bastiat? Bastia. Right? Bastia, who's already been on the show before returning with us. Got my man Jason McKenzie over here for the first time and Adam Jackson, the three founders, co-founders of Sacred Sons. And you guys are calling in from all over the place right now. It's not even like you guys are together, are you? Well, Jay and I are in San Diego. I'm in okay. Newport Beach. All right. So we know where the Sacred Sons are at. If anybody's looking for y'all, we know where to find you now. So let's do it like this. Because this is, like we said, this is a first for me. This is a first for you guys. Uh, Bear's been on the show before, so he's had an opportunity to answer the question I ask everybody. I want to give Jay and Adam a chance to answer this question before we start. 
So what is the difference between a boy and a man? Adam, why don't you hit it first? I'm going to speak from personal experience. The difference from when I was a boy to when I'm a man is in owning my shit. It's in having responsibility for my actions. It's in speaking my truth and having the responsibility to myself for speaking my truth. Um, It's in accountability. And, you know, I don't want to steal one from Jay because we have a lot of the same languaging these days. But (laughs) the biggest difference, and this is also my personal experience, is when you're a boy, the boy's behind the wheel, right? He's driving. But when you're a man, you're in the driver's seat and you bring the boy with you. Mm. You bring you bring the fun, you bring that life, you bring the essence of what it means to be a boy with you in the driver's seat. Yes, yes, yeah, I like that because <laughs> a lot of times we want to kick the boy out of the car. Say, get out of here, kid. This is my ride. And and I love that. It's, you know, bringing the, bringing the boy up with us into the driver's seat and, and, and letting him continue to ride, be along for the ride. Because even in, in asking this question, the difference between a boy and a man, it almost almost suggests subliminally that one is better than the other, that, we're, that we want to exchange the man from, for the boy. So I like what you said about that. I want to see what, what Jason's got to add on top of that. That's a great setup. You know, the first thing that comes up for me is that a man has an embodied practice of self-sourcing. So he like he is responsible for his own life and all the things that serve his life, whether that's like basic survival things of food and shelter or to thriving things of healthy relationships and healthy experiences and healthy adventure. Whereas the boy is reliant on the mother, right? Because like that's the process of, of what that life stage is, is, you know, is growing from growing out of the womb and, you know, when we get to teenage years that like that's where the threshold is that we start to creep into the opportunity to self-source and you know obviously we don't have a, a great opportunity on a social and cultural level to help boys do that so that that's the first thing that comes up for me and then like to tag onto what adam said around the car analogy is like the difference between the boy and a man is that the man has four quadrant energy Right. So he's got like four, the four archetypes are online. The lover is online. Like he's in the, he's in the car and he, it's like, it's his adventure. It's the, the warriors online and he's protecting that adventure. The magician is online, you know, designing all the cool things that are going to happen. And it's the, the sovereign who's holding all of that and making sure that that mm. stays, stays on track. I, I like that visual, man, of actually having four adult men driving in like a Toyota Corolla. <laughs> Each of them are like a, have like a specific role in this journey that you're going on. Maybe we come back to that in a second because I love that we started talking about these different archetypes of men. We actually haven't talked about archetypes on the podcast that much. Uh-huh. They've been alluded to, but so let's, let's, let's put that one on the shelf for a second because I'm going to come back to you, Aubert. I know you've answered this question before, but what else would you add to this distinction or delineation between boy and man? So, yeah, I think really it's coming down to the capacity to show up, you know, for whatever it might be, you know, whatever the challenges that come our way, whether it's taking care of your mother who's uh, losing her memory and developing dementia, or whether it's, you know, taking care of a woman who you got pregnant and didn't plan on it, or whether it's, you know, losing your job because you fucked up. You know, it's taking responsibility for it and not shifting the blame and showing up to whatever, whatever that is, whether it's, you know, consequence or fortune. Mm. And that responsibility piece for the things that we're not so proud of, the things that we perhaps may have wished to go differently, at least in that moment. Obviously, we know everything's a blessing, especially if you get far enough away from it. Right. But 
to be able to take responsibility for things in the moment. Speak more into that and then anybody else who wants to chime in, because that's that's a recurring thing that's, that has come up on the podcast. Yeah, I can speak for myself. You know, I'm in a I'm in a co-parenting relationship right now. I have a four and a half year old son. And, you know, one of the things that I had to really do some mirror work around and get right with myself on in terms of following my truth is that that partnership was not what was serving me for that time. And so being someone who's, you know, like heavily resonate with the, with the lover archetype, but like in a love relationship, especially with my son, having my son and then having to separate from his mom and take responsibility, but show up in the co-parenting relationship and still, you know, do my best to be a conscious parent. I think that's, that's, that's something that's really alive for me and continues to be. Mm-hmm. How about you fellas? Anything else to add to that? You know, it's like when I'm, when I'm not responsible, or I can feel myself not being responsible. Like I feel like I'm, I'm cheating myself out of life. Like there's a core piece of me that knows that like, you know, I'm, I'm fooling myself to think that like, that it's, it's somebody else's job or somebody else's fault. Yeah. That's, that's what comes up. And it's like archetypally there's like, uh, you know, there's some, the warrior is, is very responsible. So like the, the modern warrior, right? Like the, the warrior that we're embodying is like, that is his, that's one of his, I don't want to say weapons, but that's one of his tools, right? It's like, like mm. he is responsible and he will be responsible. And if we give him the chance to show up in, in life like that, he's going to do that. Beautiful. Well, let's, let's shift gears into something. Since this is the first time we've ever had three guests on the show at the same time, I thought I would throw a new question into the fold. And I hear a lot of people using the word brother and brotherhood lately. So I want to hear each of your definitions of brotherhood or what it means to be a brother. And any one of you guys can jump in first. To treat someone else like, to treat my brother as I'd want to be treated. To show him the same love and respect that I would like in return. Having an awareness of him, mm. you know, beyond my own projections and assumptions of who he is. Dope. Love that. What about you, fellas? Yeah, it's, it's building on what Albert said. It's like the God or the King in me recognizes the God or the King in you. And fully leaning into that fact look, and being able to look another man in the eyes and to call him brother. And so, you know, I was fortunate enough to have an older brother growing up. And then as I got a bit older through sports, you kind of build that camaraderie. You know what it feels like to trust, to trust someone, to lean on them and to know that they can lean on you. And I feel like as, as we grow and as we go into adulthood, some, like, there's something about our culture where we lose that sense of camaraderie. You know, people get separated, sit behind their cubicles, run our separate cars, separate lives. And so the return to brotherhood, the return to the essence of what it means to be able to look another man in the eyes and be like, yo, got you. Mm-hmm. So, so when we're talking about brothers, when, do you guys hold brother as any other man out there? Are, are, there, are, there peop, are there men in your circle who are your brothers? Or is everybody a brother simply because you walk in a way where you hold that level of respect for every man? regardless of where he is in his life. You know, this is, I love this question because this is what I was, I was feeling into on the first question is like, there's these, there's these different layers, right. Of what the brother, what a brother is or what brotherhood is like, and like having that capacity to see, to acknowledge the other men, maybe for the potential for him to be a brother, but maybe he's showing up in like, like, fuck, I don't want to, I don't want to hang out with that dude, mm-hmm. but like, but to hold that, that deeper capacity, that sovereign capacity, of like this, this is a brother and he's just off his track or whatever. And then on some other levels of like, uh, or layers of like, you know, um, you know, when we go on the convergence, like everybody's, 
everybody's a brother, like one day in or, or whatever. Like by, by the time it's over, like everybody, you know, we're long lost brothers for sure. <laughs> and, and, mm-hmm. and that's really beautiful because we get to witness each other and we get, we have the connection and the contact, which is like what's taken from us. Right. Um, when we're younger. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's also these other relationships like Adam Albert and I have where we have like, where it's more of like an intimate relationship or more like one-to-one relationship where it's like, we're growing alongside of each other, like, you know, on the daily or on the weekly. Right. So there's, there's the, those different concentric circles that, that I think come in. So yeah, that's, I, I really love yeah. that question. And, mm-hmm. and building on that. <laughs> You know, I am the type of person that walks around life and I'll say, yo, what up, brother, to the, to the brother pumping gas. You know what I'm saying? Because I take it like that because mm-hmm. I can see I can see a connection. Right. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to someone who may be out of integrity, or out of integrity within our community, there's that's an opportunity to call someone into brotherhood. And so, you know, first we call them out and then we call them back in. Mm-hmm. And if you can if you can be challenged, if you can be open to receive and to like connect on that level, you know, being called in is where, is where you're called into the brother. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I really resonate with where you guys are coming from because having the podcast, being out there in the world, connecting with hundreds of men all over the place, everybody calls me brother and I call everybody brother because it feels good to me. Like you, like you said, there's a camaraderie, there's a kinship, there's a, Hey, we're all, we're on the same team. When someone calls me brother, when someone I don't know says, Hey, what's up brother? I'm like, all right. It, that's that's way more warm and intimate and welcoming than hey dude or hey period nothing else. So I like that and I like to re- offer that back in return. But having so many men reach out to me, I've also re- recognized that there's a difference between most men in my life mm-hmm. and these men in my life, <laughs> like my brothers. Those guys, the guys that have seen me in every phase of my growth, the guys who have seen me cry, the guys who have seen me sweat, the guys who have seen me bleed, the guys who have seen me in triumph, the whole spectrum of it. And there's a lot of men who think that they're on that level with me because we're connected, because we talk, but there's really a few men in my life who know everything about me. And I don't think that there's a lot of men who have that level of brotherhood. And I think that a lot of men using the term brother is because we all want that. Who doesn't want that? Who doesn't want a man who knows them so well that you know that if something happened, they would be there for you, no matter what. When we were living in community with our close friends, we realized we we're like, we, we can't call each other friends anymore. We're, we're community now. And then after two years of living under the same roof and going through all of the, the full spectrum of challenges, we said, community doesn't work anymore. We're family now. We can't call each other community because community are the people that we see at the market once a week. This is family. So I I asked the question because I'm looking for my own distinction between those things. And maybe it doesn't need its own designation, but I think it's important to talk about it. I'm fascinated Mm. about how you guys hold it too. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, what you got, Aubert? You got something to say about about all this, about brotherhood and what a brother looks like? Yeah, it's funny, but you know, I grew up with two sisters and I, you know, I always wanted a brother, but I never had one. However, I, I found surrogates, you know, just usually I would like, since my dad was absent, you know, I always looked to like older guys to like learn from. I wanted to, I was like the tag along, you know, and I got in a lot of trouble that way. But it was just through that process of, you know, friendship, I'd say, you know, my childhood with other boys where I really learned like other men watching out for me, you know, like not telling, like when I got, you know, I'd get in trouble or something, you know, so just like this like code 
this honoring this code of brotherhood. And it was just through direct experiences that I really came to like feel it. It's, it's like a felt thing. You know, you're my brother. I got your back. Mm-hmm. You got my back and you just know it. Mm-hmm. And those times when I was down, I felt down and out, you know, and, and, you know, my good friends, my good brothers would, you know, reach out to me and be like, yo, you're fucking up. And it meant mm-hmm. so much that they cared enough to tell me the truth that other people didn't want to say, you know, cause I was so stubborn and full of myself that like, I really didn't listen to people, but for really good friends and good brothers to, to reach out and say, Hey man, I don't even want to be your friend anymore. That's like, that's where it's at. Mm-hmm. Like it was like a wake up call mm-hmm. for me. So like the willingness to say shit that might be difficult to hear, but it's what's needed. So yeah, you know, it, it means so much to have those kind of connections. And it's it's beautiful to be able to weave that into this container, the, into this brotherhood that we're creating, really. Because that's like, it comes from within us and through our own direct experiences, you know. And so, you know, as the triad holding this larger movement, or at least being at the center of it, you know, it's important that we embody that and know that and feel that and live that. Yes. Yes. I mean, the the strength of the triad, like you said, is it dictates the strength of the whole container, right? It's the foundation upon which this is built. And that's actually a beautiful segue into where I want to go next, how Sacred Sons came together, how this brotherhood coalesced, because I see three very different looking brothers on my screen right now. And I don't know anything about how you guys came together. And I'm sure the audience would love to know as well. So however you guys would like to tell that story, tell us about how Sacred Sons came to be. Spirit. <laughs> Period. <laughs> aligned us. And it was, I think for each of us, it was about answering the call. <sighs> to, be, to, to be real honest, I met Jay, I think eight years ago now, through a, through a Craigslist ad. He was selling a desk and I was looking for a desk. I bought his old desk. He's like, what are you going to do with it? Yada, yada, yada. We became friends. Worked on a few projects together. You know, I've been into community building for a long time. So I've, I used to throw a gathering called Tribe Family Gathering. Uh, it's in Joshua Tree out in the desert. At the second Tribe Family Gathering, I had reached out to Jay and asked him to facilitate the men's circle portion of this gathering. And, and to be really honest, like when Jay brought that energy in, I think that's, that's like the beginning of our journey together into men's work. You know what I'm saying? And that was how many years ago? Three Albert and, and his beloved Devana were also at that gathering and Albert, Albert did shadow work. Mm-hmm. And so for me, from my perspective, that was the universe bringing us together into the space and holding space together for the very first time. That's not, say, that's not sacred songs, but that's just, that's just spirit aligning us in that way. Well, see, I, see, I love this stuff because now we're getting like the behind the behind the scenes story. It all started one day with a Craigslist. <laughs> <laughs> that's, like, that's so perfect and, actually, for this, and ironic. You know, you know there's you lots know? of Instagram connections, but Albert and I first high-fived each other at a Nako show. Just yeah. <laughs> like, yo, I see you out there. Yo, what up? And we were at a Nako show jamming. And uh, having a good time, man. So that's how Bear and I met in the flesh. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's awesome. So okay, so those are some of the the coincidences, I guess. Or like when when you first contact, right. right? When the electrons first smash into each other. When did you guys recognize that there was something more that was being called from you collectively? Probably at that gathering. Well, you, yeah, for me. But yeah, and then yeah, after that gathering three years ago, Albert and I had been one on one trying to get together and do like 
collaborate on some level. And then he was in Bali and then Cairo came and, and the timing wasn't there. And I had moved out to Colorado from, from SoCal and it was like out there, like, you know, sitting in men's circle and um, thinking like, oh, maybe I'll start like, maybe I'll do, you know, cause I had done stuff on my own here. And then also like with mankind project for several years, but out in Colorado, I was like, Oh, maybe I'll start something out here. Like there's lots of bros showing up and it's like really great. And it like, wasn't there. It wasn't clicking like what I was like looking for. And, um, and then these guys had, they came together. Like it was just about a year ago, over a year ago, they, they were talking and Adam was going to do like another family gathering type thing. And then, and then Albert, Albert convinced me, no, bro, it's time for the men. The men need this medicine now. <laughs> Did he say something like this? My brothers. <laughs> My brothers. It's time. That's exactly what he said to me, man. It's time. And I was like, you know what? It is time. And we need to call Jason because Jason, we need Jason to like bring in his his edge and also his design concepts and his way and experience with men's work. Okay. So I got, I got to make sure I catch myself that I'm not projecting, but I, in my mind, I'm seeing the movie moment where you and Aubert are sitting at a table and Jason walks in, you guys sit down and you put your minds together and you start visioning together. Was there some sort of moment like that that happened for you guys where the magic just started spinning out and you guys recognized there was something special here? It was already, it was already written. Like it was already like coalescing for a long time, you know, because Jason was already holding it. I was holding it. Adam was holding it. We are all, you know, being weaved together by forces beyond our awareness, you know, and we had Mm -hmm. tried, but it just wasn't the right time. We had tried in, you know, multiple instances. I was living on the land that Jason did rites of passage, right? Or initiations for mankind project. I was living on that land for a while. So there's all these like Mm -hmm. little, you know, synchronistic pieces, but I think ultimately it came down to me for me committing to doing men's work as that that's my life path. And I got that download after my son was born and I started doing weekly groups. I I prayed for a space that I could do weekly men's circles. The space opened up, invited Adam in. We were talking, Jay's here. Like it it all weaved together instantly. And we heard it just went zero to 100 real quick. Yeah. We hit the ground running and like, I could feel that what you just said that, you know, like I could feel that within you. And when you guys called me up, I was like, Cool, let's do this. I've been waiting for you guys. I didn't know it was gonna be you, but let's do this. And we, right, when you guys write when you guys write the movie script of your story, let, make sure you give me a call because I'll make it a little more dramatic. Okay. <laughs> well, the no, drama, I'm just kidding. The drama came yeah. later. <laughs> oh, okay. So let's let's talk a little bit about about the drama, right? Because we know that there's a full spectrum to all this. So talk about the it sounds like maybe some challenges are trying to sort this out, figure out how it all lands, what what came up. Well, you know, there's three, we're three powerful dudes and, and we have like our own opinions and, and visions and energy and commitments. And for me, it's like, I, I get fiery. <laughs> I get really fiery <laughs> at times. And when I do, I just like, I just go into the fire and like, just like let it burn, pull myself out of it and be like, oh, okay, like, cool. Like that's, that's the old version of me. And like, I have this opportunity with these men to do something really amazing and to be forgiven, you know, for like being a dickhead or whatever. And that like, this is like this, just like in like intimate relationships with partners and and whatnot, it's like, I'm only going to get this. I'm only going to grow from this by, by showing up and being responsible, you know, for myself in this triad and in this partnership that we have. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And that's something we do for each other as brothers too, right? 
the, the depth of brotherhood depends on how willing we are to not take things personally and to, 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 to recognize that we all have an ego and that, all right, forget about that stuff. Let's get to what really, what really, really matters here. Yeah. And, and yeah, I mean, that's, and, that's, that's and what's beautiful it. about it is that we have tools, you know, we have processes, we, we challenge each other. If we have charges, we bring it up. We go through our own processes, just like we take men through. And so having those tools available is like, you know, I've been in other situations. I've been in a, in a rock band before, you know, I work in a, I've worked in a corporate environment and, and in those environments, tools are lacking, you know what I'm saying? And honesty is missing. And there's a lot of fear in those spaces. And I think what we're able to bring to each other is like, yo, I can take my mask off. With you. I can be like, Hey, we need to table all the convergence talk today. Cause I got some real shit going on. So like being able to drop in on that level and kind of cultivate a movement out of that. It's almost like the medium of the triad becomes the message. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. I, I found the same thing within Conscious Man Brotherhood inside CMB that we have to be going through the processes ourselves so that it can ripple out from the center, from the core. And there's, there's been plenty of times where we had a meeting scheduled and we ended up supporting one dude was really going through some shit and anything we would have talked about in terms of logistics or planning or anything for the future mm-hmm. visioning would would not have gotten us as far as it did for all of us to really be present and support that bro because that's building up that trust bank that he can trust us and we can trust ourselves to be this supportive of each other that anything can come in here our capacity for what we can provide expands mm-hmm. tenfold so yeah, I really honor you guys for being willing to go through those processes together and recognize that that's, mm. that's essential. And a lot of times I bet, I bet there's been many other attempts at starting something like Sacred Sons or a men's organization that have failed because the egos got too big and men were more committed to themselves than they were the vision. Mm-hmm. Or pre-existing men's work organizations will come to a halt <laughs> because of it. Yep. Yeah, it's it's not like a it's not just in the initiation or the ignition of it, right? It's like all the way through. You mm-hmm. can't stop. You can't right. stop doing this stuff. Right. So let's let's talk about vision for a second because I, I reviewed your what you guys are putting out there, and, and one thing that really stuck out to me was the return of the father archetype. I love that conversation about how we father ourselves, how we father each other. Even if we're not daddies, we're fathering, and if we're not fathering, we're we're abandoning an important role we have as men. So can I want to hear each of you guys speak a bit to the vision and the purpose behind Sacred Sons and what you guys are doing currently. Okay. Yeah, you know, it's like there's an absent father archetype on the planet. We kind of speak to that in that mission statement. And it's it's on many different levels. Like there is this commonality with with families that like the father goes to work. It's changed over the past generation, but like post-World War II and whatnot, that the father leaves the house and is gone for X amount of day, X amount of hours. And then he comes back. Right. And it's like, Oh, daddy's home. Yay. You know, which is beautiful. And he, and he's gone. And then on a, on a macro level, we have like the, the absent father, God, right? Like God is you know, he's, he's om- ominous and like maybe he'll return and come and save us, you know, if we're good enough, right? There's that kind of vibe out there through religion. Mm-hmm. So there's this whole like projection out into where we are that like if we're, if we behave or if we're good enough and we show up to, to our father's standards, whether that's God or our biological fathers or whoever, that, that he'll come and he'll love us. And, and like 
obviously like dads and fathers are playing that out, you know, like thousands of years is being played out. And so they go out and, and continue and take that out. Like that's what they're, most men are initiated into as men is to like be absent and to be offline, to be absent in their hearts, right. In their emotions. So on all levels. So, what's, so what's the, what is the alternative or what is the suggested archetype that we live into? If not the absent father. And so t- tell me about that because I hear that and I think present. That means dad's got to be around all the time now. But I imagine there's more to presence than simply, you know, being here in the physical space. Yeah. So for me, you know, being present also requires it requires me to be present to myself and where I'm at in my own journey, in my own evolution. And that requires, you know, creating the space or finding the spaces where I can, you know, let it out, you know, where I can be me, you know, warts and all and be held, you know, where I can, where I can cry, where I can go through it. And I might not necessarily want to bring that energy into my family container. You know, I might, depending on the situation, but, you know, for the most part, I think it means, you know, being connected to community and brotherhood in a way that allows for me to show up for my family in the best way possible. You know, so I'm not bringing my stuff home from work so that I'm not taking it out on, on Cairo and Devana so that I'm really, you know, just really able to show up as the best father that I can be, you know? Mm. Um, yeah. And beyond that, it's like, for me, that means honoring really the sacred dimension of our existence, you know, whether that's through, you know, meditation and ceremony and really connecting to the sacred within, because that's why I'm, I'm even on this path, you know, mm. because mm. of the sacred you know, because of the ineffable, ineffable, the mystery. So I think in, in honoring that I'm able to convey that and trans, um, my son's able to receive that transmission just by me being, you know, that that is the most high. That is why we are here. That is a reason for our existence and to just live that, you know, I don't need to tell him anything, you know, especially at this age, it's just being love, you know, being present to him and witnessing him grow as the miracle that he is. And he picks up on that. He feels that, you know, we have a great time because I think he just, he feels that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Adam, were you going to add something onto that? Yeah. Yeah. Just that there's, it, it opens up the door for a lot of play as well. And like getting down in the dirt and wrestling and getting on that level, especially with my son who is on the autism spectrum, like the, this dude, he loves to just get in the dirt and dig. And I'm like right there with him. And like most days I come home from work and it's a sword fight waiting for me, or it's like, you know, throw me up in the air a hundred times and, and being present for that. And, and like, I guess what it feels like is being dropped into that, that mindset and that wonder of childhood. Mm. And that's, and that's the piece of myself that was, that was unlocked. Yes. Yes. And, And every time we talk about fathers, I always remember to mention that fathering, you don't have to have your own children to be a father. In fact, if I'm not mistaken, Jason, you're the only one on this call who doesn't yet have his own children. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. So maybe you could speak a little bit into how you hold this role as father to other men, to yourself, to to children that aren't yours, because that's a whole nother <laughs> dynamic. Can I just mm-hmm. can I just add my son got his first bee sting today and Jason was there holding space for him? <laughs> <laughs> See like that. We need the uncles, man. We need those uncles. <laughs> he, he was in uncle mode today. Uncle Jay. All right. So, so tell us, man, tell us how you hold that, ha- not having your own bio kids yet. Yeah. I mean, I first want to say I, I have so much gratitude and, and I have so much honor and, and privilege to, to witness Albert and Adam be the fathers that they are and, and to see the reflections of all the work that they put in 
to being present. I, I get to see that like in their children. It's like, it's, it's for real. And those, those two boys are like, they're fucking amazing. So I have that. And so like, you know, how that feeds into me being present to other others, whether they're adults or children, I don't know how much it does. I mean, I, I don't see all the ways that it does is, is what I'm trying to say. And there is this deeper peace within me that is, you know, it's like this, the sacred masculine, right? Mm-hmm. Like the, the, the great father, the above quality that is like eternal and, and like the remembrance of having that. And, and I feel that in like my body. And when I'm there, it just feels like, like I'm, I'm all my grandfathers, I'm my father and myself, I'm, I'm all my children to come like all at the same time. And that there's like, there's this all knowing in that place of like this all knowingness with love. Yeah. It just like moves me to be in that space and to be in that space looks like really stepping out of like the mind of, of myself and really being in this, in myself and, and being present in that way. And, and just listening to men, maybe offering something if, if that's what they're looking for, mm-hmm. you know, I got a few, few tools in my, in my bag, but it's also like being present is a huge tool. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I, I look forward to spending more time with you. Cause I, I bet, and I, I'm sure Aubert and Adam could talk to it even more. I bet you're a father in more ways than you realize already. Number one, a man doesn't lead in the capacity that any of us do without having some of that paternal instinct. So I, I look forward to feeling that from you and seeing what that looks like, because um, since we don't know each other that well yet. Yeah. But it also leads me back to something we said before, because you mentioned the absent father archetype is the one that has been there. The historically, daddy goes out to work all day. He comes home. He kicks back on the couch. Right. There's, there's, a, there's a narrative about that. And... In conjunction with it, there's a lot that's been said about the feminization of boys because of the fact that they're because men haven't been around. My daddy was out at work all day, being raised by our mothers. Majority of us, uh, K through 12, 90% of the time, our teacher was a female. So a lot of the influences that boys get through their formative years has been from females. And so we're talking about the resurgence of this fathering energy and the operating definition of a father, whether it's a biological son or just another man, another male, is to prepare that boy, that man for the world. It really simplifies this role of a father to a son or a father to another man. In our exchange, how can I prepare you better for the world, for the challenges that face you, for any adversity that may come? So with that operating definition, uh, I just want to see if you guys have anything else to throw into the mix around, because I think it's also connected to why men's work right now. For all those guys out there who are like, what the hell is this men's work about? It's this. It's so that we can begin to learn what it looks like to be fathers for ourselves and for each other, and then apply that and pass that on as the new tradition that we have. That's the, At least that's the way I see it. So I'm interested to hear from you guys mm. and how you hold that. I can go. So I, I grew up with an absent father, largely absent. You know, he was in and out of the home. He'd come around, you know, for summertime, he was traveling a lot. And so he was largely absent, you know, but I still put him on a pedestal and just wanted so badly to like to spend more time with him, for him to validate me and love me. And he did, but he just didn't know how to express that and convey that, you know? And so I felt that emptiness, that absence. And he was, he was, you know, disconnected from his emotions as well. But yeah, like through suffering that absent father and, and being overmothered in in some ways. I mean, she did let me do whatever I wanted, and I think that that got me into a lot of trouble. But I think that a a boy and 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 daughters as well need need a father. 
You know, that it's absolutely crucial to our development. And without it, we go without and we seek to fill that role. And that's why you hear about like women looking for, you know, the daddy, you know, and it's like this, mm-hmm. like this, like kind of d- distorted relationship and, and boys too, you know, and I always longed for that father figure because I didn't get it in my dad. And so I'd look to older, other boys in the neighborhood, the one that seemed like the powerful one. And it like, it actually hurt me. It ended up like, I ended up modeling like some, you know, wounded boys basically until I got to the point where, you know, I did get some, some solid mentorship from a, a man who's, who had become my mentor in college, you know, and that was my first experience with someone that carried the father archetype. He was a grandfather, but someone who was present and consistent in my life to really just show up for me and give me the just unconditional acceptance, mm. you know, and, and, and guidance and feedback. And through that process of just taking that in and absorbing that and also like therapy and group therapy, et cetera, and learning, like I was able to internalize this father energy, you know, this father archetype and through that process, I can convey it to others. Not always, you know, some, some men it's different. I noticed, you know, some men might gravitate towards me or maybe Jay or Adam, you know, because there's something Mm -hmm. that we have a specific medicine that we have for these men, you know? So yeah, -hmm. I think it's important. It's a, we, we can't go without it because the world right now is a reflection of men that haven't been fathered. You know, they're still boys. They haven't been initiated and without initiation, you know, we go on acting, acting fools, you know, hurting ourselves and hurting each other. Burn it down. Burn down, you know, not just to feel the heat. So I never knew either of my grandfathers. They had both passed before I was born. And that might be common with a lot of people. But for me, one of the aspects of this work that has connected me to my lineage is, you know, we do a father circle at, at the Convergence and we call in our grandfathers. We, we first call in our grandfather's names and then our father's name. And that also just that intentional setting of the space, even if you had no connection, even if you have a connection that you're not so fond of calling it in, Mm. honoring the names, honoring the men for who they were or whatever they were. And like bringing that, bringing that presence back into your awareness and into your own body. And that's been really helpful for me to connect to the grandfather energy that was absent or missing in my life. Mm -hmm. You know, and there's more to it. There's more to it in the, in the, in the sharing and in the process of the, of the father's circle or father's council. I think, I think in a, in a big way, connecting to lineage is really powerful as well. Yeah. This, and this brings me back to something that I frequently mention on the show. One of my favorite humans of all time is Bruce Lee. And one of the best things that I think he said was to observe everything, take what is useful, discard the rest, and then take what you've taken and make it your own. And I think that's in this, in this topic of fathering, uh, it came up in an interview I did with Shems Hartwell. I'm not sure if you guys know Shems. He's another guy doing men's work out there. We were talking and we both collectively came to this realization that as boys, we are witnessing fathering happening all the time or, or just being a man. We're witnessing being a man happening all the time. And it's our job to take in the things that are useful for us and, and, assemble our own avatar of a father of the man that we want to be and then be that man we become that man we live into that we see the things that because every man in our lives has given us something at the very least they've given us an example of what we don't what we don't want or what we don't want to become or be and so 
recognizing who is this Voltron version of the man we want to be and then owning that and living into it. It's, it's the simplest reduction I've ever come to of the journey of what it means to be a man is to take all this stuff in. And so going back to what you said, Albert, some guys are going to take something from you. Some guys are going to take something from Adam, from Jason, from me. And it's their job. It's their mission to seek that which calls them, which, which, which calls something forth out of them. And that's why I love this stuff. And when you guys are doing with the convergence, you bring different men from different backgrounds with different medicines all together. It's like a big medicine sampling. Come, come, you know, everybody's setting up shop saying like, hey, come get some. If you feel this, come get some. Meet me at the fire or not. Go ahead, go check it out in the dome. I'll see you in the lodge. And, and then taking what that is and integrating it into the man that they want to be. That's, that's powerful stuff. I love that stuff. It's really humbling too, to like, you know, okay, so for like, kind of like second wave men's movement, you know, there's, there's that concept going that like the first one was kind of around like seventies and eighties, like Robert Bly and Warren Gillette, Mankind Project kind of stuff. And that there's this new wave, maybe it's like, we don't have to call it second wave, whatever it is. And there's still like, you know, there's still these, these, for us, it's like, this is the first time I'm like doing this, like in this lifetime, there's still some gaps like in our lineage and with our like fathers, you know, like I kind of had an absent father too, you know, I didn't really know my grandfather who was alive and one, one had passed before I was born. And so there's still like, there's still that reality for me. And then it's like, okay, like I'm, I'm, I'm co-stewarding this legacy so that men can be initiated by their fathers and, and, and their father's brothers really, right? Like the uncles, mm-hmm. right? Cause it's really the uncles who initiate them or whatever it needs to look like. But there's this generational, so like we talk about like the age of the lone wolf is over, right? Mm-hmm. But then there's this like generational thing of like, okay, the generational lone wolfing, how do we, how do we bridge that so that we, we bring this work out in a way for Adam and Albert's, you have sons, right, Jody? Yep. I have a son and a yeah. daughter. Yeah. Yeah. So how do we bring this work for all y'all's sons and, and all the other sons in a way that's like, it's here for them, but we're not like projecting it onto them and like... Mm. I don't know. That's something that I, I, I sit with. And, and, it's, and it's already unfolding because we're coming up on Convergence 3. At Convergence 1, we had a few men come in. And by Convergence 2, they brought their sons. Mm. And to see that, to, to, to experience that, to, to see a father and son sit in lodge, to see a father and son wrestle. Mm-hmm. First time. Because they're in a safe space where they can do that. Mm-hmm. That is the medicine that we're bringing. And that's what we're inviting. We're inviting fathers to bring their sons to, to go through that initiation. And we're, we're setting that space and saying, this is the place to be. Mm. Because it's not available in other places in society. You know what I'm saying? And so yeah. what you were speaking to about bringing different healing modalities together. You know, I've been on my own spiritual path and journey, and I'm a seeker just by nature. So I seek out these experiences like Lodge or other plant medicine ceremonies. And for the men who aren't, let's just say, who, who aren't putting themselves out there as much, but they can come and they can have this experience. They, they know it's, it, this is a safe place to do. I think that's a huge, it's almost like opening a portal, mm. you know what I'm saying? To, yeah. to our experiences, to our lives, to the medicine that we bring. And we're inviting these men in to come and share that with us. And there's a lot of beauty in that. Yeah, man, that's huge. I remember seeing some videos circulating from men who have been to your events and seeing, I remember there was one man, I don't remember his name, but 
he had a video of him wrestling with his son and just the, the look on both their faces. And I, I could feel the tension because that now at this stage where I've been both the father and the son, I know what it's like to be in both of those positions. So, and what gets called forth, just this, this untapped part of our being that's not being allowed to live and to breathe because we're not tapping into it. The same reason why we're going to have 100 men on Venice Beach on September 7th doing the haka together because we simply haven't accessed these parts of ourselves. So yes. in, in, all these different, yeah. in all these different realms where we're accessing parts that we haven't allowed to live and to breathe and to see daylight, what becomes possible then when we have whole men? The entirety of who we be. Yeah, it's happening. Totally. It's happening, you know, and we're at the forefront of that in many ways. And to see the the continuity, you know, of men coming back again and, and again and again now, three times in a row and just coming out to the offerings, it's like we're stepping into a space that's really been a vacuum up to this point. You know, there's been a vacuum in like healthy, conscious masculinity, you know, and especially I think with an honoring of the sacred that isn't religious or like shaming or like dogmatic, you know, that's really open and inclusive that really invites all types of men from all walks of life, all ages in. So it's like, it's just a hyper inclusive space. And yet there's such a strong frequency and transmission of healthy masculinity because of the men that are there holding it, the facilitators, the men that are showing up the land. So that just the way that it's contained really makes for an experience that draws you back in again and again. And so I'm, I'm so excited for you to experience mm-hmm. it, bro. Uh, it's going to be so yes. good, man. Yes. And that actually leads me as, as we get close to wrapping up this amazing conversation. First of all, this has been awesome. Just having four of us. I got to do this more often because the, just the dynamics, man, I feel like we can go on for like three more hours talking. I know we could, um, but because we're doing this for the first time and, and speaking to convergence coming up and the collaboration that's starting to happen, that's been happening behind the scenes, but is now emerging in the daylight where we recognize that we are, we are men from different tribes who fly different banners, but who are all on the same side when we get to the real battle, when we get to the real thing that we're all fighting against together. Because, you know, myself having the rising man and also being a part of Conscious Man Brotherhood, you three men with sacred sons, see the way in which we're coming together, I wanted to just open up that conversation of why that's so important. Why it's so important that we and other men and other men who are facilitating this work start to link arms when we recognize that, hey, we're in this together. We're fighting the same battle here because it's in our nature to be competitive, especially in this capitalistic corporate world that we most of us are born from. Finding a different way to do that, finding a different way to be in relationship with each other. And and competition is healthy. And so is co-creation, you know, and iron sharpens iron. And so... In, in terms of like the collaboration between different men's organizations or, you know, there's men from CFB that come to Convergence. There's men from Convergence that are in Man Cave, whatever that, whatever that might look like, or, you know, a greater uh, coming together, like what's going to happen with Call of the Warrior. Mm-hmm. You know, it's really an opportunity for us to sharpen each other. Mm-hmm. It's really an opportunity for us to like grow together, to go through the fire together. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes us stronger ultimately. And to add to that, Adam, there's a unique experience that we're all having as co-leaders of this movement in a sense that a lot of people don't necessarily understand, you know, the weight of it or the responsibility of it. I mean, it's a good weight that we're carrying, but it's a weight Mm -hmm. nonetheless, you know, to be responsible for, you know, the at least partially responsible for the experience that men are going to receive, you know, when they come into an offering of ours, you know, 
So making it tight and being able to share trade secrets, Mm -hmm. so to say, you know, and and transfer, you know, the best that we have so that we can kind of create a standard that, that goes across the board because this is, this is an emerging field. There's millions of men that need this medicine, you know? And so I think the high vision is really like men's groups all over as like a normal mm-hmm. part of society, men's groups, like, and women's groups, right? Just like, that's, the, that's mm-hmm. the norm. Oh, where do mm-hmm. you go? You know? So I think that we can really all level up together in that sense and like have a, a high council, so to say, you know, to really just align it in really good ways. And we can still bring it through with our brand, our energy, mm-hmm. our flavor, you know, that's going to, that's going to draw the men that are resonant with that. But at the core level, what are we bringing these men? Mm. You know, yeah. and, and just to just to get one more on in there, we have a saying between each other, which is like, no one's coming to save us. Mm. And if it's if it's not us, then who, Jenny? Mm. Who's bringing it, <laughs> yeah, it to the world at this time. Yeah. Let's do this. Yeah. And if not now, when? What are we waiting for? <laughs> right. What about you, Jay? Yeah. What do you yeah. What do you have to add? Yeah, it's like you know, it's the lone wolf, and it's the age of the lone wolf is over, and. There's millions of men in this world, you know, is, you know, we're, we're doing this, like it's a movement and it's a business, you know, and it's like, there's plenty of, you know, it's like, there's plenty of men in this world that need this, this work. So we know that. And, and to open it up on a level, just like Albert said, where it's like happening everywhere from whoever's putting them on is like, this is what the world needs and it is time. And that, and it's time for, brotherhood it's time for community you know the age of information is like you know we're 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 kind of like at the tail end of that or maybe for some right like for me i'm like i'm like way past that and it's like the age of experience and the age of experiencing uh collect collective witness is is where we're at i mean we all of us on here know that and and that's what we're ushering in is the community aspect that's been, you know, that's deeply woven into our DNA. Right, man. Yeah, totally. I I definitely also sense a shift in the eras, moving, even moving out of personal development into what I like to call collective development, where we are collectively developing as a people. 100%. uh, That's that's what what it is. That's what it's all about. So, so it feels really good. And I know I told you brothers this offline, but I'll say it right now so everyone can hear it too. It feels really, really good to me to be linking arms with other men in this battle. I've done a lot of st- shit in my life by myself. I know that I can do some pretty impressive shit by myself, but I can go way farther when I've got bros on my side. And when there's good, solid stand-up dudes who can peel back their, their armor and show me their heart, then, then we're, we're in this together. And uh, I see each of you men as men who do that and who show, show up that way. And the more that we get on our, on our side, the better. Because there's only, what, like 3.8 billion men in the world? It's, it's, <laughs> it's, a, big, it's a big mission. And, 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 there, and there's more coming every day. So, yeah, any, any final words yeah. about this before we have a couple of wrap-up questions? Anything else you guys wanted to drop in there relative to this conversation we've been having? You know, I just want to keep this vision going even further, right? So we have men's circles. We have support all over the world. We have collective growth. But then what do we do with it? How do we use it to protect and heal our planet? How do we do it to like limit our impact on this planet? How do we do it in a way that we are honoring and protecting our women and our children? This movement mm. continues on, you know, it, this is, this is where we're going. This is new humans, new earth type of territory. <laughs> yeah. Yes. New paradigm masculinity. Yeah, man. Yeah. I, the, the, the big thing that I've been focused up on in my personal battle is freedom for men and safety for women. 
when we establish a society where mm. those are two things that are valued and that are cre- that we are, we fight together to create, then every other problem is going to be easy to combat because we'll all be on the same team. We'll all be working together. We have the solutions to a lot of the challenges we're facing. We can clean up the oceans. We can clean up the environment. We can end hunger. We can end slavery. We can do all that stuff starting with freedom for men and safety for women. Totally. That's just my take on totally. it. But it sounds a lot like what I heard you say. Yeah, all the answers. Yeah, yeah. We have all the info. Like it's like we're not short of any answers for anything. <laughs> yeah. It's like having it's like having a dream team, but you can't get the say the, the players in the same room. <laughs> right. That's all we gotta do. We just gotta get in the same room and start talking the same game plan. So yeah, maybe perhaps this is just the next level in that is is all of us getting on the same on the same inside the same room, inside the same huddle, inside the same circle and Yeah. Uh, around the same fire. Converging. Yes. We'll be around we'll be around the same fire fire in October. Yes. Yes. So, so let's do that right now. Let's go ahead and throw out those dates. Tell us a little bit about Convergence. If anybody hasn't heard about Convergence yet, I don't know where you've been living, but, uh, <laughs> but tell us a little bit about it when the weekend is and where guys can go to check it out. Sacred Sons Men's Convergence is happening back-to-back weekends in Southern California, about an hour outside of San Diego. We have Alpha and Omega. The Alpha session is October 11th through 13th. Omega is October 18th through 20th. Listen, we have all types of workshops, all types of amazing brothers, facilitators, support, body work, combo, ecstatic dance, wrestling, sweat lodge. Listen, it keeps going on and on. And it's all about that collective healing that we spoke to. You know, you come there, find what resonates with you, be challenged, come with your vulnerability, come with your anxiety. Mm. We can handle that. You know what I'm saying? We, we invite any man, out, any man out there who wants to join, who wants to be seen, who wants to be witnessed at this time, just as you are. Come as you are. Yeah. And to speak to how we've been really bringing in, giving men the opportunities, especially men who are, you know, underprivileged or financially challenged or, um, you know, men of color. You know, we've given out scholarships. We have, I think we have an indigenous scholarship as well, right, Jay, that we, that we just put up. Oh, coming, wow. Yeah, that's real a, soon. That's powerful, fellas. Awesome. That's live. You know, and so it's really about, you know, creating pathways where men who might not normally be exposed even to this work have the opportunity to access it. Because what we've seen is like, you know, like Lonnie, for instance, he came out from Brooklyn, you know, living, living the gang life more or less in the past, you know, and he was just, he went through it and went all the way in. Like he went harder then most of the guys there into the work, you know, it's just dove deep head first. And it was just like so much heart and so much transformation. It was beautiful to witness that. And I think it just part of our ethos is that, you know, we got to be able to serve, you know, people that might not have access to this work. You know, all men need this work, especially the ones that don't have access to it normally, you know? And so we want to really keep it affordable. You know, I, at least that's our vision. You know, the, the convergence isn't about making money. You know, we don't make a ton of money off of it. It's about brotherhood. It's about really creating that, you know, broadcast that everybody can hear and everybody can mm-hmm. show up for. Because if you can't, you know, get together four or $500 for a transformative weekend that'll change your life, then you got bigger problems and you probably mm-hmm. got to handle yep. that first. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Awesome. So we've got the weekend. So make sure all the info's in the show notes. Can you just say it out loud so it gets in guys' brains where they can go to check it out? You know, is it sacredsons.com? Is that where you guys are directing everybody or somewhere else? Yeah. Sacred Sons on IG. Yeah. Yes. Give these guys a follow. Putting out incredible content all the time, each and every one of you guys. Real quick, let's go around with, with each of your IG handles so guys can hear that too. We'll go Adam, Jay, and Albert. Just say it so the guys can hear it and then give you guys a follow. Yeah, I'm Adam Jackson on IG, 
Adam triple underscore Jackson. The triple underscore. You had to go triple on him. <laughs> you mean there's another Adam Jackson everything, out there? Everything in threes. Everything in threes. I was going to say, you're talking to three Scorpio Risings, the triad, the trilogy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Scorpio Moon over here. Yeah. All right. <laughs> there it is. Uh, Jason Mack, also with three underscores in between Jason and Mack. Just the C or is it not? It's not CK, right? You just got uh, M-A-C-K. M-A-C-K. Yeah. Okay, got it. Yeah. And Albert? Mine is Albert, and that's A is an Alpha, U is a Uniform, B is in Bravo, E is an Echo, R is in Romeo, T is in Tango, Bastia, and that's Bravo, Alpha, Sierra, Tango, India, Alpha, Tango. <laughs> yes, I love it, man. Uh, <laughs> make sure you guys give these brothers a follow. Uh, obviously, you guys, we talked about, going all the way back to the beginning, we talked about that Toyota Corolla with the four, four different men in, in the passenger seats and in the back seats, and in this conversation, I saw a little bit of each one of those men come out from each one of you too. The you know had, even some of the jester, which I love too, often gets clumped in with the lover. But uh, listen, fellas, it was great to have this conversation, this dialogue with you. I believe so hard in what you guys are doing. Feels good to be arm in arm on this battlefield together, fighting the good fight. And uh, man, we're gonna have to do this again sometime because. I just, I just had a good time. I, I don't want to stop. <laughs> good time spent. Yeah. Thank you, Jody. Thank you so much. It was awesome. yeah. Yeah. Super pumped for September. Thank you, brother. Yes, sir. Yes, yes. We'll see you guys on the beach in Venice, September 7th. Make sure you guys sign up. And lots of good stuff happening this fall. So you guys, make sure you clear your calendars. Uh, you know, clear out all the bar mitzvahs, all the weddings, all the things you could do any other any other fall. This is the one to, to lean in and to show up with your brothers. So... <laughs> All right, fellas, till next time. Be well. Peace. Much love. Man, apart from all the wisdom and all of the weaving of insights and reflections that was produced in this dialogue, I just had a good time speaking with these brothers right here. We've been talking about doing this for a little while, and to finally jam with all three sacred sons, the heads of the sacred sons all in one room, was truly a gift and a blessing. And I really appreciated this dialogue, especially this conversation about brotherhood, what it means to link arms and to unite in our efforts, to have that healthy level of competition amongst each other, but to remember and recognize that we're all fighting the same war. We're all in this together. It was so huge, and it feels so good to be linking arms with these brothers. I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I did. Make sure that you join myself the Sacred Sons, the Conscious Man Brotherhood, Alpha Tribe, Man Tribe, and all the other fine, amazing men who are coming out to Los Angeles for Call of the Warrior on September 7th in LA. Like I said, make sure you get your tickets now at rise.jettyazuma.com slash warrior. As always, check out the show notes for links and resources at therisingmanpodcast.com. Shout out to Julian Subic, my man who's been taking care of that, making sure you guys got show notes, you got all the links, everything that you need for every single episode and more. Please subscribe and follow us on the podcast app of your choice. Give us that five-star rating if you believe we deserve it. Give us a review. Give us some comments. All of it goes a long way towards attracting more guests, more men, more audience, more people to our community. This is our community, and we all get to take ownership of that. So please do your part by leaving a review, giving us a rating, and sharing this with another man in your life who needs to hear it 
while you're at it, give us a follow on Instagram at Rising Man Podcast. My man Rowan Tyne has been flexing on it for a long time now. Thank you, Rowan, for everything that you do. Shout out to the other half of my Rising Man Power Squad, Mark Rose, who's been our stalwart leader inside of the Rising Man Fire Circles. Thank you for what you do, my bro. And last but not least, Sean Offenbach at Infinite Melodics. That's at Infinite M-E-L-O-D-I-X on Instagram. Editing these episodes, polishing them up, putting that sheen on them so they sound real nice each and every week. Appreciate you, my brother. Until next time, rise up and claim your destiny.